Once again, Merry Christmas. It is here, whether you like it or not. If your shopping is not over, those gifts may just remain in your thoughts and prayers until next year, but it's here. Um, I don't know if you guys are like me, but the anticipation builds every year when we get close to Christmas, sometimes a lot later in the year for me um, than, than most. I'm sure our children, the anticipation has been building since October. Uh, they know that Christmas uh, is coming, but at least it's been building more than likely for the past couple of weeks. Um, if you're like us, you've probably got a lot of gifts that are wrapped. Um, they're under the tree. Maybe you've gotten some hidden in that little secret spot there in the house, just waiting, waiting to be taken out until the wee hours of the morning. And a lot of people would say, well, well, well it's really not about the gifts, right? It's not about the gifts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue that point this evening for just, just a few minutes. I would say it is about the gift. The problem is, is we make it about gifts. Um, and all of us do. Um, we do make it about the gifts. Our culture teaches us and trains us and, and almost uh, brainwashes us into making it about the gifts. That's why we have Black Friday and Cyber Monday, right? And some of those quote-unquote sales will still be going on. You got post-Christmas sales. You got the New Year stuff and our, our culture just trains us and, and kind of suck us into this so we would get this dopamine fix if we can just get what we want and we'll get this great deal and this, this thing that will make our lives so much better. We long for it. We long for it, don't we? Now, the, the thing is, is we're human. I don't know about you guys, but I'm... I'm I can kind of look at some of those boxes under the tree. You like me? Maybe you dropped a few hints of going, yeah, I really don't really need anything, but let me show you what Shields has got on sale. They got these real new, these new hunting boots that I would love to have, but hey, it's not about the gifts, right? Anybody else like that? I mean, this is, this is part of our fallen nature. I'm just confessing a little bit of sin to you. This is what we do, right? We, we do that. We, we, we pass these subtle little hints maybe over the past few weeks about what we'd like to get. And then, then there's, there's part of us that thinks if we just, we just get this thing, this thing, this newest iPhone 27 or whatever it is, our life will be so much better. Or maybe it's this, this new trinket or this, this new thing that came out or the new, new 127-inch TV that we can, we can use as, a, as a, a supporting wall in our home or something like that, Right? We think about these things. If I just had that, man, life would be so much better. I got a few days off during Christmas. Man, life is going to be great. But here's the reality of it. Oftentimes, this time of year is some of the most stressful times of year for people. And I think the reason is, is we put our focus on the wrong gifts. And we don't focus on the one true gift. Because here's the thing. These things... These things that the world offers us, they leave us looking for the next best thing. Because guess what? Next year will come and they will promise, our culture will promise the next best thing that will satisfy all your desires and your hopes and your dreams and they'll bring you happiness and joy. When really all it leaves us is just wanting the next thing. But there's one gift. It's about the gift. There is one gift that, is, that has 
already been given. There's one gift that's already been given that fulfills every need that we have. It fulfills all of it. Every need and every desire and every longing that we have, and that is the gift of the gospel. So if it's okay, I'm going to preach the gospel tonight. Can I do that? It's the greatest gift we've gotten. Mark already read our text this, this evening, and, and it's just it's one verse, Isaiah 9, 6. And I love this verse. It's Isaiah 9, verse 6. And this is what it says. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What a gift. What a gift. Let me pray for us and just ask God to bless our time for just a few more minutes. Father in heaven, we thank you for the gift. We thank you for the gift of Jesus, the gift of the gospel. Father, I pray that you would help us to not pass the Christmas story off as something less than what it is. Christmas is about God coming to rescue and redeem rebellious mankind, rebellious creation, and you do it in the sweetest, most amazing, unexpected way. So Father, help us to see the gift. God, help us to see the gift. And in seeing the gift of Christ, that we see the other gifts in different light. Father, we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I love this verse. A child is born. A son is given. I underlined that in my Bible. I just couldn't help it. I like, a, a child is born, a son is given. That's weighty. That's really weighty. But, because here's the thing. The prophet Isaiah wrote this some almost 700 years before Christ came. In fact, if you read the book of Isaiah, there's so much prophecy about Christ the King, Jesus coming there. Six to 700 years Prior, before, prior to him coming. And he says that he is, he is the prince of peace. The prince of peace. We see this throughout scripture too. On the night that, that he was born. Remember? The night that he was born. His angels come to these lowly, dirty, unwanted, unclean shepherds. And the angels. This is what the angels proclaim to these unwanted, unclean, unworthy shepherds. Glory, this is Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. What is shared here is that Jesus is the prince of peace. He is the essence of peace. He is peace. But here's the thing, the question I have for you, peace of what? Over the course of recorded history, which is beginning about 3600 BC, there's only been about 300 years of so-called world peace. Do you know that? 300 years of recorded history. Of, 36, of all recorded history, only 300 years of so-called peace. And I, I would call that more or less not, a, not peace, but a truce for a little bit. We see a lack of peace in our world today. There's crime and violence all around us. Brokenness, evil all around us. All evidence of a lack of and a desire for peace. We see this over and over. There, there, there's this other type of peace 
that we long for too. There's, there, there are more personal conflicts that we have. There's relationships with friends and, and work and neighbors that lack peace. Broken relationships, troubled relationships. We lack peace. Anybody got the crazy uncle? Cousin Eddie, is he coming? You know, you, you think about this. The crazy dynamics, right? We, we, we got this crazy family dynamics that, that escalate. And, and oftentimes they rob us of peace. Then there's this lack of peace within our own souls. We, we, there's many that experience depression and the weight of past mistakes and failures and sin weighs on us. And we can deny it and we can push it off, but, but oftentimes this is what happens. Oftentimes this time of year, when it's supposed to be this peaceful time, there's this heightened anxiety. There's fears and these uncertainties. They're evident all around us. We all have them, right? We do. But there's another element, I think, is the root of all, of a lack of peace. And that's a lack of peace that we need to address, and that's peace with God. Peace with God. And this, this is the Christmas story. The message of peace. This is Christmas, the message of peace. This is the, this is the most pressing, and, and, and it addresses all the other lack of peace that we suffer. It's the universal human response to, to the reign of God. And, and what it is, is open rebellion against Him. Here's what I'm saying. We all sin. We all have rebelled against the goodness of God. He's the creator of all things. And He made all things good. And we made it not in our rebellion against Him. We don't have peace with God. Because of our sin. Romans 5.10 describes people as sin and enemies of God. And th this is a statement of fact. You may think that, oh, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I deserve good things. I had a text message from a dear friend that his little boy, he was sharing his with a little, his, he's got three little boys and he told them, he says, you know, only good kids get presents on Christmas. And his oldest little boy told him, he says, no, they don't. Because there are no good boys. Because if that was true, nobody would get presents for Christmas. We're not good in our nature. We may be relatively good to other people, but as God's standards, we're not good. And, and what that is, is it, it brings an unpeace with God. But here is the beautiful thing. This is that Jesus came to bring peace on earth by being the peace offering that accomplishes peace with God. That is the beautiful picture that we see at Christmas. That's so why our text says that a child is born, a son is given. A child is born, a son is given. Romans 5.10 says, For if while we were, we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. The gospel is a message of peace, peace that we need. Jesus is complete and perfect peace. The prince of peace. His rule of peace. To there is no end. This is hope. This is joy. This is what we sing about. This is what we just sang about. This right here is what Jesus brings. 
so much greater than any of the junk that's under our tree right now or hidden in a, in a, a closet shelf somewhere. Jesus brings this thing. That's why he said in John 14, 27, Peace, I'll leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus brings the peace that our hearts long for. Yes. Praise God for that. In our hearts, every one of us desires this peace or satisfaction in life. We desire it because that's the way God has made us. But the problem is, is we're broken. We've, we've broken this bond of peace with God. We all have sinned and we fall short of God's glory. Look at Romans 3.23 or Colossians 1.21. It tells us that. It says we're alienated. We're hostile and doing evil deeds. But the story of Christmas says that, hey, it's, there's hope for you. It says, but God, God is the great peacemaker. And he does this through the gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A child is born. A son is given. The prince of peace. So how is Jesus the prince of peace? In our text, there's four names that describe Jesus here. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, and Everlasting Father that makes Him the Prince of Peace. I want to walk through those first three because I think those, those first three names, they support the last one. In fact, those first three define Him as the Prince of Peace. So let's look at Wonderful Counselor. Think about a counselor. I want you to think about a counselor. What does a counselor do? A counselor sits to you, knows you. Knows the dark areas of your life and they, they point you in the right direction. They, they point out the things that, that harm you. And they, when we sit with the counselor, we share with them our issues and our struggles and the things that, are not, that we are not at peace with, right? That's what we do with the counselor. They point us in the right direction. That's what Jesus does. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Say you're looking for peace and hope and the world will promise all of this stuff, but if you would just come to me, I'm the one that fulfills it all. This is what he does. He is the answer to all of the world's confusion. Let me say that again, that Jesus is the answer to all of the world's confusion. This is Christmas. This is what Jesus has done. He steps into a world of chaos and Jesus brings order. This is what he does. He steps into a world of chaos and he brings order. A counselor is one who peers into our lives and he shows us our destructive tendencies and he helps us deal with them. In fact, he doesn't help us deal with them. He deals with them. What we have to understand here, let me, this is one of those look at me with your face moments. We have to understand this. Jesus... <laughs> Jesus is, he knows about your sin and your junk. He knows it. It doesn't scare him. Those things that you would tell no one, he knows them. In fact, he went to the cross to bear the weight of those things. He knows them. He knows the dark areas of our lives. It doesn't catch him off guard. Our sin doesn't. He carried it to the cross. This is what Jesus does. This is Christmas. This is what makes him the Prince of Peace. 
The problem is, is we don't often want to deal with our stuff. We like to think that we can tuck it in a dark corner somewhere. But Jesus sees it and he drags it into the light and that brings peace. He saw it for all things and, and he comes to deal with it. And, and we would do well to listen to his counsel. He hears and knows the things that we struggle with and he shows us the way. The way is through him. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. He says, come to me. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Church, that's a message of peace. And that's the message of Christmas. But he's also mighty God. Isaiah tells us that he is mighty God. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. Christ not only advises us as a wonderful counsel, but he also, he's also the mighty God that comes and deals with it, what causes us to not be at peace with God. What causes us to not be at, at peace with God is our sin, our rebellion against him. And we need forgiveness of sin. Anybody here... I would ask this question, but I don't want to call anybody out. Anybody, I would say, if anybody here is saying, well, I don't need forgiveness of sin, I would say, yes, you do. There's not a person that has walked the face of this earth that does not need forgiveness of sin. There's only one, and that's Christ the King. Every one of us, this is our greatest need that every person has, is forgiveness of sin, and, and that comes through Christ, the Prince of Peace. But here's the thing, Christ brings that, but it comes at a great price. Listen to Hebrews 9.22. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Under the old covenant, animal after animal after animal after animal had to be sacrificed to be the propitiation for sin. But a child is born. The son is given. Jesus comes. This is what he does. This baby. A child is born. A son is given. Put an end to that. This child, the Lamb of God, was and is the perfect sacrifice. And his sacrifice brings peace with God. What makes him the perfect sacrifice is that he is the mighty God. Emmanuel. Remember the Christmas stories in Matthew? Matthew 1, 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This baby, born to Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit, was fully God, is fully God, and he is fully man. It is only God that can be the perfect sacrifice to fulfill God's wrath. And I tell you this because I love you. God's wrath is real. And without trusting in the Prince of Peace, God's wrath remains upon you. But Jesus is the greatest gift. Satisfies God's wrath. Only God could do that. Only God could do that. Jesus is the wonderful counselor. 
He can't, he can forgive sin. He does forgive sin. And he defeats Satan. And he liberates us from the power of evil. He redeems us. And he answers our prayers. He restores our broken souls. He restores our broken lives. He restores our broken relationships. This is what he does. And he reigns over rebuilt, reconciled lives. This is what the gift of the gospel does. This is what Jesus does, that the world promises you that they will do with the latest gadget or get help, best help book. Here's your best help book. It tells us who Jesus is. He is the one. He brings order to chaos. That's why he's the Prince of Peace. And here's the last one. He is the everlasting Father. I love this one. This title refers to Jesus as a benevolent protector. A benevolent protector. Caring for and providing for those he redeems. Think, think of this as a piece of a child. That, think of the peace that a child finds in the arms of his dad. When he's scared. When he's hurt. Maybe when he's done something he shouldn't have and he's, he's terrified and he runs and he runs into dad's arms. Dad just scoops him up, holds him, and cares for him. And there's safety there, and there's protection there. Fear goes away in the arms of a father. This is, this is what Jesus gives all of us. When it seems that all is doomed, and there is nowhere to run but to a Savior, that is Jesus. And he beckons us to run to his open arms. And he secures us everlasting. There's unending comfort from the troubles that this world has in the arms of Jesus. This is what he does. This is the gift of the gospel. It gives us peace in a world that promises peace, but, but what it really does is robs us of every part of peace if we buy into that. But then there's Jesus, the great comforter. Jesus is always there to rescue and comfort. When we trust in the peace that Jesus brings, it is unending. When we truly see Jesus as the Savior, the everlasting Father, what that means is that we are eternally secure in His peace. Isaiah 9-6 is very prophetic. A child is born, a son is given. He's the Prince of Peace. It's the prophetic message of Christmas. It's the good news of God's answer to all the confusion, the chaos, the complexities, and the conflicts and desires of life. It is Jesus, even crazy Uncle Eddie. He is the answer. Jesus is the answer. The problem is, is we need to embrace this gift. Oh, that's my prayer for us this Christmas, that we... As we sit around a tree with our family and we're opening gifts tonight or tomorrow, that we don't allow those things to supersede the greatest gift of all. And that is the Prince of Peace. It's the gift of a newborn infant who's also the father of all eternity. He's an innocent child, yet he is a wise counselor and he is a mighty king. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel. This is the peace that comes through faith in Christ. This is the gift of the gospel. 
of all the things that I could give and share with you on Christmas Eve. I hope that you see Jesus. Of all the things that I could share with you about all the junk that the world offers, I hope that you see Jesus. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for, I thank you for that we could gather together. I thank you for the kiddos that are here and families that chose to be here this evening. I thank you that we can do that, that we can sing and we can laugh and we can hug each other. And God, I even thank you for the anticipation of tonight and tomorrow, for even that is a gift from you. But Father, my prayer is that we not allow the worldly things supersede the greatest gift of all. Because that the foundation of all of it is Christ, is you. It's God, it's you. It's the message of the gospel. The gift of Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us, born in a manger to grow and live the life that we never could, perfect and sinless. And willingly go to the cross to take the weight of our sin, to bear the burden and the wrath so that we would not have to, to, to die the death that we deserve, to go to the grave that we should be in, but overcome it on our behalf. And Father, my prayer, my prayer, my heartfelt prayer is that every person here knows that and that you are saved you are saving right now, that you have saved and you are saving. Father, we would cherish the gift of Jesus, especially this Christmas. And it's in his holy and precious name that we pray. Amen and amen.